When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast, episode 162, I believe, of this uh, podcast, where we dive into the business news every single week and personal finance news. Before we get into the episode, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate, and review the podcast wherever you are listening, um, because we do this every week, and it is a pleasure to do so. A lot to focus on this week. The big thing we want to touch on is is what everyone's probably wondering about, is the bank failures and the bank run that happened to uh, Signature Bank as well as Silicon Valley Bank, which is like the 12th largest bank um, in the country that was closed down and failed. So we're going to discuss all of that and why it happened. And what does it actually mean for your money? What you, things you can do to risk mitigate yourself um, and all those different things. But so, you know, before we even get into that, let's just talk about the market in general. And the market is heavily tied to what's going on across banks and across the economic system right now. Right now, a lot of depositors, people that have everyone in the U.S. and the world that has the money in their bank are worried about or trying to figure out more and more about if their bank is safe, what's going on with their bank, if their money is safe. And that's roughly what's causing the market to be a little bit more volatile, but actually um, surprising to the upside in some scenarios, just based on the fact that uh, the news we got. So that's what's we're driving the market right now. Um, we got CPI data, which the market digested and saw that, all right, still trending lower, but still hot inflation, headline inflation at 6% year over year. Um, and then we had um, the big thing that's coming up next is the Fed. What is the Fed going to do? And we'll talk about the two sides that the Fed can take. One being disinflation and um, really lowering or pausing interest rate increases or uh, still attacking inflation and raising interest rates, which could potentially push things in a recession, especially when banking systems are, you know, shakier some areas, but not the big, too big to fail banks. So let's dive into what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. You probably all heard Silicon Valley Bank, a big bank on California, failed, um, meaning it closed down. The government seized the bank, stopped everything, took control of the bank. The stock that was trading was wiped out. The bondholders were wiped out, meaning if you had that stock in your in your account, which I did not, and I don't know anyone that did, but if you had it in your account, you now just have nothing in there. It's a zero. It's worthless. Um, and so what does that, that's literally what happened is the bank was closed down um, due to the bank failure and the bank run that happened. So... The big thing is is understanding what banks do, as most of you people know, but I like to give a refresher. You put your money in a bank, obviously you deposit it in a bank, and to keep your money in the bank, uh, the bank is going to give you a very, very small interest rate in your checking or savings, right? Like point less than a, less than a percent. Uh, if you're in high-yield savings, yes, rates have rose a little bit, so it's a little bit different for high-yield savings, but this is a typical bank. Let's talk about a typical bank account, you're getting less than 1% in most in most cases. The bank will take your money and lend it to a, a commercial realtor. They'll lend it to someone that's surrounded by a house and they'll charge them um, a higher percentage, right? So they'll charge them, you know, let's say 30, you know, 30, they'll charge them 50 of, of 5% or 6% or 7%. 
to hold that money for a longer fixed period of time um, um, from the bank. So the spread on what the bank pays you and what they get from the person they lent money to is the net interest margin. That's how they make money. It's an old, old business model that's been around for hundreds of years. Um, and that is, you know, the business model. But as you know, when you deposit your money in the bank, you know it's there and, and you feel like it's there, but it may not be literally there, right? If everyone asks for the money back at the same time, it's not going to be there because they lent it out. There's a net, there's a ratio amount that they're supposed to keep based on regulators, at least keep a reserve amount in their coffers just in case of something like this happens, but they're not designed for everyone to ask their money at the same time. So let's go back to Silicon Valley Bank and what happened. In 2021, when everyone, again, I keep going back to that time because it was, the dominoes are just falling from that time where everyone thought they were investors or building something really cool. And so everything, there was venture capitalists raising money for funds, there was venture capitalists lending multiple series series seed rounds and series A's rounds to investors, to entrepreneurs who were supposed to be building something cool. So at Silicon Valley Bank, which is a bank that caters to a lot of that venture and startup community, grew deposits. They had a lot of people putting money in their bank at that time because of what was going on. So they grew deposits pretty handily during 2021. I think they went from like, I don't even have the number, but you can look up the numbers. They like 2X their deposits, which is pretty 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 large growth um, in one year. Um, and so they, a lot of people, again, because of the craziness in 2021, the mania, they had a whole a bunch of capital on their balance sheet. So they're like, all right, what do I do with this money? I have a bunch of deposits. Um, I need to put these deposits somewhere to make money off it. I need to make my net interest margin um, so that I'm not just sitting on, you know, I'm paying people out to hold this. I need to make money. So they bought something from the government called mortgage-backed securities. They bought mortgage-backed securities, which if you're familiar with mortgage-backed securities, that was what caused a part of what caused the 2008 uh, housing crash and re related recession where um, a lot of banks were pulling together mortgages, crappy mortgages, pulling them together um, and selling it as a bundle where you'd sell it to another entity um, and say, hey, you can get paid X per amount of month on these all these mortgages that we pulled together from these crappy uh, borrowers. Um, and they rated them AAA and rated them highly rated. Uh, people bought them. And of course, they were crap and they ended up causing the housing fall. The government has a lot of those in the books. But now the government's insuring them. So they sold it off to SVP. Um, and of course, um, in 2021, um, interest rates were low. So it was a bond. It's mortgage-backed security. Silicon Valley Bank was buying these um, MBSs um, and getting, you know, and then getting an interest rate of, you know, 1% or, you know, 1.5% because um, they wanted to make money. But they were long-dated bonds, right? So they were larger, longer maturity bonds. Of course, when you borrow money, there's different maturity levels um, to the borrowing. And these were longer duration bonds. Um, and they were supposed to make money for SVB, uh, even a small bits, a little bit more than what they were paying for the depositors to hold their capital. Um, but something happened in 2022 that we all know. The Federal Reserve Bank raised interest rates. So when you have a bond is a there's an opposite correlation between the price and the yield. So if the price goes down, the yield goes up. If the yield goes up, the price of the bond that you hold that you hold goes down. And of course, as you know, bonds can be traded. So like 
if you, you know, it's different from like you having a credit card or you having a loan, you can't really trade, trade that. Or if you borrow some money, you can't really trade that, you know, loan or bond um, in, in, you know, within people that you know, but in the high capital markets, in larger finance markets, you can trade and, and, and sell and buy bonds from other people. And they'll just take on the responsibility of getting the interest payment. Um, and so when the Fed Reserve raises interest rates, the bonds that SVP had, um, they lost value. They lost value significantly because someone else could go um, and instead have a bond, buy a bond from SVP that was giving 1.5%. They could just go to the, uh, a high yield savings account and get 4%. They could just go to you know somewhere else and get a much higher yield than what they would be getting from SVB. SVB's bond. So they, the value of their bonds that they were holding decreased in value significantly. Um, so they were losing money. So they had to sell the bonds. So they lost money. They had to sell the bonds because people figured out, oh, wait, SVB has these long duration bonds that are a lot less worth. Um, the bank might be in trouble. So when there was rumors and whispers of the bank might be in trouble because of these longer duration bonds they had that were yielding you know, pennies, while uh, interest rates has raised so much, many people are like, all right, I'm going to quietly take my money out and move it over to somewhere else. Um, when they did that, it caused, you know, more people started to hear about that. Oh, you moved it? Okay, I'm going to move it to a, a bigger bigger entity as well. And then the word started to spread. It was spreading on Twitter. It was spreading else, elsewhere. Like, all right. And it probably started in California, right? With a couple of venture capital firms or a couple of startup firms hearing about it. And then they wanted to move their money. And then a lot more people started to hear about it. Through, through social media, through different places. There was um, posts and threads on, you know, how SVP was, you know, potentially insolvent based on their balance sheet risk uh, and their interest rate risk. Um, and so more people started to move their money. And when you start to have a lot of people asking for deposits at the same time, like they did to SVP, it starts to put a bank run, which is called a bank run, when everyone's asking for their deposits, which we know that they lent out, they bought some investments that they didn't have all the deposits there. Um, so money's moving a little bit slower, all these different things, it starts to create panic. Um, so they had to sell more investments to make up for the money and they were just digging in a bigger hole. They had unrealized losses on the balance sheet. Um, and so that's what caused the run. And it got to a point where they couldn't meet the depository demand or the deposit withdrawal demands that were being set forth um, by all the depositors. And so that is essentially what made the regulators step in and take control of this bank um, and, and yeah, take control of the bank. Similar situation happened Signature, um, which is a big lender in like the crypto community um, as well. So so that's the big reason why we saw SVB, Silicon Valley Bank collapse as well as um, a Signature. Um, they had pretty much had a bank run. Now what the Fed did and, and the government did is step in and say, all right, we will, guarantee we will lend a little bit of money to these banks and and we're going to guarantee the deposit they may hold what does that mean so everyone more than likely the deposited money there will get their money back um we'll be able to move their funds and, and all that of like that's and that's also for people that know if you have a bank account it's insured by the government up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. so bank accounts are fdic insured up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. bank accounts not investment accounts right so it's a different thing the people that own stock in svp or bonds at svp they got wiped out they do not get that money back it's it's worth the stock is worth zero now because the bank is closed but the depositors people that were just depositing their money 
are going to get their money. Like even the people above $250,000, the government's going to ensure that because they do not want to cause a shock in the economic system. So they are going to lend and print more money to be able to ensure that these people get their deposit backs. Um, and there's a lot of contention on social media in the finance world about if they should have insured depositors or not. Uh, if they should have let the depositors fail and the bank fail, um, or if they should have stepped in and insured depositors above the $250,000 stated amount already. So it's a, it's a contentious area, you know, and I think they had the right thing to do just because right now it's, it's shaky as far as like the economic banking system. That's why you saw crypto make such a high move up because people are like, all right, where else can I put my funds? You're going to see a lot of people move their funds to like crypto, of course, to the bigger banks, right? Like a Schwab, Chase, uh, Wells Fargo, as far as their regular transactional accounts, you know, just those are the places that people know that the, the, the system, the government will never let those banks fail. They're too big to fail because if those failed, um, which they, they're just not going to, it would just cause a system where there would be no more trust in the economic system and everybody would move to another standard, whether it's cryptocurrency or Goldbar, people would move somewhere else because they, if your bank fails, if the two banks of banks fails, which they would never allow, um, it would just cause too much of a shock for people. Which brings me to Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse, a place I worked at many moons back, <laughs> has now they're on the, they're on the line. Is they're they're in big trouble. They've had liquidity issues for a while. They've had issues with depositors moving out. Issues, you know, making money on the investment banking side. Um, they're just a bigger wealth management area, but now the wealth management folks are, are in trouble because depositors are moving their funds out. They keep increasing the rates at which they'd pay people, uh, but people are still moving funds out of credit suite. So they had to go to their biggest shareholder and say, hey, we need you to plug this liquidity hole. Biggest shareholder said, no, we can't do it. Um, um, we can't invest further in you guys because you just keep losing us money. <laughs> and then credit suites had to go to the Swiss National Bank. They had to go to the government and say, hey, we need to borrow $54 billion. And if we need any other help, please let us borrow from you. Um, and so they're in trouble, but they got the $54 billion plug of liquidity. It's debt that they're going to have to pay the Swiss National Bank. Um, and yeah, the problem started earlier this week when they were supposed to release their 2022 annual report, but they got a call from regulators saying, hey, we need you to fix something. Um, and they said their report identified material weakness in their internal controls. So all these quarterly and annual reports are usually audited by regulators or by different independent firms that say, all right, we believe that this report is accurate based on the, the work and diligence we did and looking at their support. Um, and they give a, a, a clarification, a declaration on, all right, if we believe their numbers are sound or not sound, or in this case, they had a material weakness in some of their controls and their financial reporting. Um, and yeah, they're they're in, in battle and they're in big, big trouble. So they're still dealing with that um, and that fallout. And so it's going to be interesting to see if that one is almost kind of like a too big to fail in Europe, not really in the US, but um, I, the, the fallout from that would put a lot of strain generally on the you know overall economy. So a lot of things have changed in the sense of, all right, now that we have seen some of the banks that are in trouble, what does that mean for U.S. growth? Um, and people are revising their under their projections on where U.S. growth will be. Um, now people are boosting their odds of recession from to 35%. Goldman Sachs said, hey, we're going to boost our odds for recession up to 35% from where they had it about 25% because they had the Silicon Valley Bank collapse and signature confidence around Credit Suisse going down. Um 
and they're showing, you know, declining the retail sales and different things that show, hey, we're slowing down a little bit, which may, yeah, facts have changed. So that may mean that, all right, the earnings projections that we had a lot of the S- on the S&P, a lot of these companies, they may not be as strong as we thought just because we're seeing shakiness um, across the board, right? So that's a big thing to take into account when looking at the, at the future. I think in general, what we're going to see is um, the Fed has a big, big decision to make um, coming up about that decision. What does this mean? So like what the Fed will do now for the next meeting, they'll decide, all right, are we going to continue to raise interest rates by 25 or 50 basis points? Are we going to pause because we think the the economy needs a little bit of breather um, just based on what's going on? Um, but I think, you know, if you look at it, I think they're still going to raise rates because inflation is still a little bit hot. Unemployment still only at 3.6%, which that will continue to grow and get higher over the summer as severance falls off um, and Main Street starts to cut. Main Street is starting to cut jobs. Um, and so that's going to change um, the, the the view later in the summer. But I still think they raise by at least 25 basis points um, in the next meeting. And then as we get into summer, we'll see where they point um, at that time. So so that's the big things that are coming down the pipeline right now um, for the market, for the economy. The big thing was talking about the banks. Now, again, risk management on this. The big thing to do is if you are, you know, someone you can, one, have your money. You know, it's at least FDIC insured. Most young people are FDIC insured for most of the stuff in their accounts. Two, you can spread it out to a few different accounts or different bank accounts or banks in general to give that risk. You could be in a too big to fails, the Schwabs, the JPMs. Um, those are going to give you, you know, the too big to fail vibe where the economic system just has to rely on them and the government would step in no matter what. Um, but in general, those are kind of the risk management plays you can have in these scenarios. Um to withstand um, these kind of shocks. This, unfortunately for the Silicon Valley bank people, you know, if there are startups that were trying to pay payroll, they've lost, they've almost lost the ability to make these payrolls and you can't have business disruption as a startup because you can lose employees, you can lose customers, all those different things. So a lot of people took that big shock um, and unfortunately it could have caused them a lot of stress, um, a lot of anxiety during that time. So huge, huge um, thing for those uh startups to overcome, but it looks like um, they potentially, you know, will be, will be saved eventually. What's going to happen now? Regulators are going to, you know, is banking regulation going to come even harder? In 2008, Dodd-Frank, uh, during the Obama administration, they put stricter regulation on banks because of the fallout of the 2008 housing crisis. And so some of that was relaxed during the, the Trump administration, and so again, politicians are up in arms and going at each other about which side uh, caused this. Um, if it was any side, it was just bad management by the banks um, and not great foresight. So um, that's going to be a big thing. I think even if regulation gets string- more stringent, um, if every bank now knows that no matter what they do or they invest in, their depositors will be made whole, Will they will they be riskier? I think they will. They'll be riskier with people's funds uh, just because they know like, hey, if I make a mistake, they're just going to plug the hole for me. The government will just plug the hole for me, um, which is an interesting thing to see uh, going forward because they just, it loses, it takes away the risk for them um, on that side. Um, so that is, um, um, you know, quite, quite interesting um, and, and something for us to like, just keep our eyes on in general, just so much happened during this, this, um, this run, I thought it was important to just focus a whole, whole 
episode on on what's going on the bank runs again i think this means a few things you know everyone here in our fund is have always been safe and that's the greatest thing about what, what i've done is is creates a place where people can grow and preserve and, and increase wealth over time safely and soundly in the right way and not taking unnecessary risks but people don't understand that risk is a thing like a lot of people don't understand they just want to make X amount, but they don't understand that risk plays more part. The more return you want, the more risk you take on. Um, and you know, bank accounts are supposed to be the safest place to be, and that's what we've been able to do here. So, so that's quite interesting. Um, something to keep an eye on. I wanted this episode to just focus on the banks and what happened, and give an explainer straight from us, from me, on how this happened, why this happened, what's going to happen going forward. So we're going to focus on that. That was this episode this week. What happened with the banks? Now you have a good explanation and understanding of it. Um, and if there's more questions, feel free to reach out to me. But we will talk next week.